Don't give me a hand, give that man right over there a hand. He's the one that's been doing the pretty work. They thought I needed sound wiring. Have you got me on? Okay, okay. He asked me if I needed to be wireless because I don't like to be confined within the confines of the uh, pulpit up there. Number one, that's for the pros. I'm an amateur. I'm just an old common guy down here. Matter of fact, somebody asked me, said, Bill, tell me about yourself. Well, I said, I'm a real good sinner, but my best friend's good at forgiveness, so we're getting along just fine. <laughs> but that's life. That's life. My name's Bill Baker. I'm from Clarksville, Virginia. My wife and I are overblessed, undergrateful, and we can't catch up. Just like a mathematic equation, pi. 3.1714.1714. Just goes on and on and on. The more I'm grateful, the more I get blessed. Life is just too good. Now, it's not challenge-free, but it's too good. We're blessed with two wonderful daughters. They were both in the band. I had those days in the band pit, too. I knew all about that. We hauled tombstones one year for a, a Michael Jackson Thrillers theme show back in the... Back in, you remember that? Yeah. Oh, Ricky Allgood could run a band. I tell you what, we had some good times with that band crew. Uh, we live on a farm north of Clarksville. I'm in the real estate and auction business down there in Clarksville. We, we, we basically were in the uh, lake property business and the farm business. We sell a lot of land and timberland. And being an auctioneer, I can go 750 words a minute. So we can cover a lot of ground in a short period of time. But I see I got a good clock on the wall back then. I'll try to keep my eye on that and make sure that even though it's unusual, I love change. Change is one of my favorite things. I love it when the contemporary service is second. I've never seen that in a church. They always made the muffin church, the early church, where you get muffins and coffee. But you all have your traditional first, so I can promise you all will beat the Presbyterians to Cracker Barrel. I can guarantee it. Okay. I'm brought, I'm a, when I come here for the Gideons, I'm basically a hired gun. Now, what does that mean? That's when you bring in an outside speaker. And I've done this for pastors for regular church, too, where they want to tell them something that nobody else will tell them all the time. So I'm here to hopefully give you a report about what we do, but also to challenge you about what we do and hopefully grow what we do. Now, I'm using the big we because it's more you than me. You got that? I'm here on behalf of the Gideons International, which is a whole lot of folks. That's about a quarter million guys around the, around the world, about 150,000 ladies around the world. And last year, I think we had a goal of about 90 million copies of God's Word. Now, we didn't quite meet that, but we came mighty close. In a couple of hundred different countries and a couple and maybe a hundred different languages. Now, these are all huge numbers, right? And I bless that in this church, we've got a proliferation of Gideon men and women. How many Gideons in the church? If you're Gideon, raise your hand. Cool, cool, cool. That's a benefit and a problem. We'll talk about that in just a minute. We'll talk about the benefit and the problem of that. Well, it's a benefit and, a ta and I'm going to give you a challenge. How about that? Not call it a problem. We are an extension of this church. That's why it's our ministry, but it's really the big R. That's everybody's ministry. All the churches we visit, that's who, whose ministry this is. Taking your works, your thoughts, your prayers to the whole world and taking God's word as the single tool we use. 
the single tool we use. We're a simple, simple ministry. Before we go any further, I'm watching my time up there, so i got to talk. I've got a lot of ground to cover, but we want to, first of all, go to the Lord in prayer. How about that? Lord Jesus, thank you this morning for Olive Branch being opened, for the beautiful music we've heard, for the songs of praise, for the kind hearts that we see in the eyes of the people today, that they want to find out more how they can do more for you. Let us never forget that this church, as all churches, are supposed to be filling stations where we come and refill ourselves, not to stay within these walls, but to go without, outside these walls with a message of salvation, a message of hope, a message of guidance, a message of comfort that can only be found by a close relationship with Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us all together this morning. Amen. All righty, folks. Why am I here? First thing I want to do is take advantage of our musician over here because I know he's got good rhythm because we already heard it. And I want you to snap your fingers at this pace right here. How about that? Let me get my pace right. Now, anybody else that wants to join in, it would really be cool if you're good at snapping your fingers to do this. But this is the pace I want. Everybody, come on. Now, I'm going to stop, but I want you all to continue, right? Y'all keep it up. Keep it up. That's 72 million clicks a year. Think about what I just said. They're clicking your fingers at a pace of 72 million times a year. Imagine if we had Bibles stacking up one. Think about it. In the few minutes y'all been clicking, I'd have a wall of Bibles around me. Before, if you continued this for another 10 minutes, you couldn't put the Bibles in this room. So when I tell you that we, that we distributed just shy of 90 million copies of God's Word, think about how many that really is. Because that pace isn't but 72 million. We're hitting that about every four days. A million, excuse me, a million about every four days. So think about, think about how many clicks that really is. How many... Bibles, that really is. Now, we use the word Bible to not only represent the full Bible, but also the New Testament, because the New Testament is handier. You know, we, we uh, don't take anything away from the message of the Old Testament, but we, about 75-80% of our distribution is New Testaments, the balance being the full Bible. And then we have this new program called the Life Book, which uh, Joe would get you a copy of. It's based on Mark. Our ministry is real simple. We love big numbers. We love them. Hey, yeah, you know, the local, local Gideon group here. What was y'all's distribution last year? A little over 4,000, 5,000 copies local? Yeah, we did 5,622 over in our end of the county. So 10,000 copies of God's Word right here in this area. We love the big numbers. But we don't care about them. How many do you think we're most interested in? How many? We're interested in one. The next one that makes a difference in somebody's life. See, we are a very simple ministry. When I come to see a church, I want to make sure that you all don't misunderstand why I'm here. I need three things, three things only. 
my dad and mom were both educators, and dad said, now, Bill, when you're talking to an audience, especially a professional folks, keep it on the third grade, third month level, and even the PhDs will understand you. That's actually old Zig Ziglar, my buddy. I knew Zig personally. What a great guy. What a tremendous guy. We've lost a treasure when we lost Zig. He was a good personal friend of mine. I thought I knew him, and then Franklin Dover came to work with me, and Franklin was his grandchildren's high school principal, so we really got to know each other then. But old Zig always said, keep it on the third grade, third month level. Dad always said, keep it real simple. Only give them three things. If you give them more than three, everybody will get confused. So let's talk about the three things and why I'm here. Number one, we're going to also make it a little easier. We're going to begin them all with the letter P. That even makes it simpler. Number one, we need provisions. That's cash, money, U.S. currency. Of course, we'd take some other currency, too, but it'd give us a little fit. But I want you to understand that's the least important reason I'm here. For about a buck twenty, actually, it's getting cheaper to print a Bible, thanks to the technology age. The price of paper and printing is coming down precipitously, which is pretty cool. So a small financial donation from you can really make a world of difference to somebody. Remember the 90 million copies, the click, 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 click? That's not what I'm interested in. I'm interested in who's going to pay for the next one. That'll make a difference. The next one that'll make a difference. But it is the least important thing we have. Now, you'll have your chance to give later. I think the church gives automatically. You're all going to have a collection at the end of the thing. We've got personal ways to give. That Gideon card program, I'm sure y'all are fully versed in that. Wonderful way to do it. Provisions. Least important reason I'm here today. More importantly, which y'all do get an A-plus rating for, is P for participation. There's five or six Gideons in this church. Now, to the Gideons in this church, now, did you say you have to deliver a message somewhere else? Where are you speaking today? Are you the pastor of Union Level Baptist Church? Preach a couple times a month. Our biggest challenge is we need a Gideon in Union Level Baptist Church. So when I talk to a church that's heavy in Gideons, and don't take this the wrong way. Excuse me. I'll just leave that there because I got this piece of stainless steel in my back. So anyway, I'm going to leave it right there. So anyway, uh, we need you six Gideons to find us some Gideons in other churches. So that's your challenge. It's great that you got six of them here. Continue to grow that. But our main need for Gideon survivability and viability, other than the blessings of Jesus, which he's given us so we're on the right path, and we know, we know what we need is we need a Gideon in every church that allows us to speak. The pastors of those churches are your gateways to those Gideons, so I'm going to challenge you six guys, whoever you might be, and two or three more that might join after they think about it, to come help us find Gideons in other congregations. It is crucial that you do that. But more important than the two P's we've already talked about is the final P. And it is my, my drone. My daughter, Mary Beth, once heard me doing a presentation to somebody. Not a Gideon presentation. It was actually a business presentation. And somebody came over and spoke to you. said, your dad's pretty passionate about that, isn't he? He said, well, he ain't going to stop telling it, so you might as well do it. It's prayer. It's the most important reason I'm here today. My one request. I see you all have a written. That's why I dropped that bulletin, by the way. I dropped that bulletin because I see y'all have a, a written prayer request. And I, I ask you that starting today, 
that you put a bottom line on there in bold print says, our, O-U-R, because it's yours. It's not mine. It's not Bill Wells. It's not Joe's. It's our Gideon ministry. If you'll do that for me, you can change a lot of people in the next year. That's the most important thing I'm going to ask for you today, is to put the Gideon ministry as a written item on your prayer list for a 52-week reminder of the power of a little New Testament. My mother, who's in the nursing home over in Clarksville, 94 years old, she never met a thrift shop she didn't like. She, I was by her house last year. I said, Billy, I got you something. Handed me this. I love it because it's dated April 1st, 1977. We've been at this for a long time. That was a fifth grade testament given away in the fifth grade back by the Clarksville didn't even have a camp. It was this camp right here at the time that did that at Boynton Elementary School in the fifth grade in 1977. And I don't have any idea who the, Teresa, Teresa Benjamin is. Don't have, don't, no, it's actually not Benjamin. Teresa, but, uh, well, it might be Benjamin. But that's immaterial because we know it got placed. It got placed where God wanted it to be placed. You know, every month, we get a magazine every month. And I'm going to give you one good testimony and only one today. Because I like the testimonies that I hear straight from people. I can read the testimonies and the returns in the magazines that we get every month. They have a thousand of them online. There's some great ones. You want something fun, go to Gideon.org just as a guest and click on the testimonies and type in Disney. You'll see the coolest one about two Disney writers. And, you know, we hear some negative press about Disney on occasion. But I, got to, I tell you what, if you go in there and type in, I won't spoil the story for you, but there's two guys that when they do a movie for Disney, they write a scripture on every slide, so every slick that they sell at the auction has a scripture on it. You know, because, and you'll never look at their movies the same way. They were just retired this year as Disney, Disney Imagineers. Read that one. That's a good one to read. I'm going to talk about Richard Lane. Anybody know Dr. Richard Lane of Liberty University? Anybody go to Liberty? Dr. Richard Lane. Do you all know him? He's, he's a tall guy. He's about 6'5", lean as can be. Got glasses, kind of gangly. He's retired this month, actually. Met him a couple of months ago up in Cumberland, Virginia. I was speaking at a pastor's banquet. I got to sit down with him. It was neat because we, we had a lot in common right off the bat with our family situations. But what I learned about Richard was so cool. You know, he was raised in Baltimore, Maryland. Blue-collar family. Couldn't go to college. But he was smart. He was real smart. He got so smart, he got into college on a full-ride scholarship, but he had to live local. So he didn't get to live on campus. And he was going to University of Maryland in Baltimore on a full-ride scholarship because of his grades. His daddy was abusive. His daddy and mom were both Catholic. You know, that's where you have to, you know, it's a whole different deal. We'll just leave that as another subject. He was raised Catholic, didn't really know the Lord, but knew about church. He said he walked into campus one day. He, he, said, he said he knew something was up. He thought maybe the president was coming because every corner had three guys with black suits. Every corner. And then as he parked his car, he noticed they were handing out something. He said, oh, my gosh, it's the Gideons. And he said, I have to walk all the way through this gauntlet of Gideons to get to my, to get to my uh, 
class. So he puts this, he goes by the first one, and he says, I got an idea, because this guy's smart. He said, I'm going to get me one of those. He grabs one, and he puts it right there in his pocket. So that as they approach the next kid, and he go, keep on getting it. No need to slow down. I got mine. It worked. He said, man, I went straight to my class. It was this spring of his second year when this happened. And there in the class he was taking was an elective on how to win an argument, how to win your opinion over others. It was early in the class, and he was having the best time sparring with the professor because he said, I was smarter than the professor. I could win any argument with the professor. And I went down and sat on the front row because I knew I could win. He sits on the front row, and a brand new, was still in the sign-up period, he said, this guy comes and sits down beside me. He said, he's exactly the same height as me. And I looked to my right, and I said, that guy looks just like me. So uncanny, his mother couldn't believe it when they met each other. Of course, today they'd do a DNA test and find out they were cousins. But back then, he said, they, they, they've always joked about doing it, but they've never done it because they're afraid of what it might say. <laughs> they look so much alike. Richard said, oh, what the heck, I'm looking at my clone. He said, my name's Richard Lane. The other guy said, my name's Stephen Lane. <laughs> but as far as they know, no relation. Stephen said, I see you got one of those little books from the Gideons. Would you like to find out more? He said, I'd put it up here as a defensive weapon, and now it's being used against me. He said... Well, I can win this argument. He said, I'll tell you what, there's only three things in that book you need to know. I said, Jesus has a plan for you. He said, in order to unlock that plan, you've got to follow him. You've got to recognize who he is. And guess what? The big bonus gift at the end of the line is you get to live forever with him in glory. Well, Richard Lane said, my gosh, that's the most foolish thing I've ever heard. Never heard that at the Catholic Church. Jesus has a plan for me to unlock it. i got to follow him. And when I follow him, I get everything I could ever ask for in life as far as happiness and eternity. That's pretty cool. But I better read the Bible because I can't win this argument with this guy if I don't know what I'm talking about. So he went home and guess what he did? He read it. Read it on Thursday afternoon. Read it on Friday read it on Saturday, read it on Sunday, read it on Monday, read it on Tuesday, and it's class time again. Steve sat down beside him and said, Richard, would you like to find out more? He said, yes, I would. The argument was over. Jesus had won. Now, we talk about 90 million copies. Think about that power that won back in 1980 at the University of Maryland, Baltimore. Fast forward a couple years. He's a senior. He is acing every test. He's a chemist. He's a biologist. And he is part of the local men's Christians group there at, the church, at, at uh, Baltimore. And what does he do? He and four guys are driving to Western Maryland to do a little workshop with a, with a college group out there in Western Maryland. And if you've ever been across Maryland, it's beautiful old country roads up there. It's not like you think about it. Maryland's got as much country as Virginia does. It's beautiful rural countryside. He said he was in Garrett County, Maryland, up there in the Deep Creek Lake. He's coming down the road, and all of a sudden he looks up, and the other guy on the other side of the road was using all of his lane and most of his. Head-on collision 
head-on collision, tragic accident. Everybody in the car is tore all to pieces except for him. He's completely okay. And it hit him right there in his headlight, the headlight to headlight, 70, 60 miles an hour, head to head, in a rural countryside. Slams on the brakes. The car behind him slams on the brakes, comes sideways, smart enough to run up to the house because there's no cell phone, the house next door, and call the ambulance, and then comes back to check on everybody. And Steve met this lady who happened to be his wife now 30 years later or 40 years later. His wife was the first person at that accident. His brother in Christ sitting beside him, not Steve Lane, but another brother in Christ, had an open wound in the back of his neck so big he could put his hand in. He said, the paramedic came by, was going to take his pulse, realized he was touching his backbone when it took his pulse. It scared him so loud, he hollered, Jesus Christ. His brother woke up and said, is he here? Steve said, everybody stood there and shocked as the guy came back right then and said, is Jesus here? Four weeks later, all that were in that car were back in class. The ones tore up in the back seat, the one in the front seat. Everybody back in class. What happened when somebody gave him one copy? He said, he said it was, uh, you know, it was 1982. Vietnam War era still in everybody's mind. This guy from the Air Force kept saying, you want to be a doctor? You want to be a doctor? You want to be a doctor? I'll send you to be a doctor. He said, in fact, fact, if you'll be a doctor, all you can do is serve Uncle Sam for four years and we'll pay for everything. He said, what the heck? Sounds like a winner to me and I learned to fly too. Sixteen years later, he's been a surgeon all over the world, operated on people in every country that the Air Force ever traveled to, and he becomes a flight surgeon. So he flies all the aircraft. He finishes up his career out in San Antonio testing the pilots on the latest aircraft. He said he got to fly all the fancy stuff. He was doing a little demonstration down in New Orleans at an Air Force base, and he met this crazy dude. This crazy dude from Lynchburg. Guess what his name was? Jerry Falwell. He said, good to meet you. Gave him a card. It's about three years later, Jerry calls him and says, what you getting ready to do? You're getting ready to retire from Uncle Sam. We need you up here. He took that story up there as the first head of medicine for Liberty University. When they finally get a full-fledged medical school, you know who started it. It was Dr. Richard Lane. Started by that one testament. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that incredible? One little Bible. I'll leave you with one, one more little one Bible story. One more little one Bible story. About five years ago, well, about eight years ago, I got, I've spoken at Heightsburg Baptist Church several times. Now, Heightsburg Baptist Church, I, I noticed it doesn't seem to be quite the trend down here. Heightsburg Baptist Church is on Aaron's Creek Road. If you go up into Halifax County and turn left on Aaron's Creek Road, there are four Baptist churches in 12 miles. That's one every three miles, whether you need one or not. And it's, it's really kind of sad because you got four great monumental churches on Aaron's Creek Road that only one of them has enough congregation left in it, and they have a thriving church, and that's Heightsburg, to literally pay the light bill. And, you know, it'd be, it's hard to close churches, but society's changed. At one time, there was 1,000 people 
that lived on that 12-mile stretch. Now there's 300 people that live on that 12-mile stretch. Yet they have the facilities for thousands. And it's out of the way for everybody, you know, because it's on Aarons Creek Road. But Heightsburg has always looked, they've done probably what this church does. These stained glass windows only keep you from looking outside while you're in here because you know the real work's out there. See, that's what Heightsburg does. They work outside the church. And I guess that's probably what Olive Branch does because that's why this has grown and done so well. I was speaking up at Heightsburg Church one time. I was speaking up there when my dad was sick and my phone was just exploding. And I didn't even bring it in this morning. But uh, I kept saying, I wonder what that is. And I, I finally the choir gets to singing. You know, it was those old flip phones. And I finally got up there and I said, opened it up. And there it was. It was uh, my, my daughter Emily was saying, sitting beside Rick Hendrick. I got pit passes for Richmond. <laughs> she was at a church down in Palmer Springs that day. But I was up there a few years later delivering a Gideon message. And here it comes. This kid walks up to me and says, Bill, I mean, Mr. Baker, can I have one of them Bibles? I said, well, I got this old wore out one right here. You can have this one. But if you'll give me just two minutes, I'll be finished shaking hands, telling everybody goodbye. I'll take you to the car. I got a camouflage one, a military one. I'm going to break all the rules and give you one of them. He said, I got one that looks like a high school locker. I'll give you one of them, too. He said, okay. I get out to the car. Here comes this young man. He's a fifth grader, bogotious little fella. And I see this whole family, and I don't know any story. The whole family's laying over there in the car. He walks up and said, I give those two Bibles. I go on home. Little did I know. You heard me talk about 100 countries, right? 200 countries, 100 tongues. That was Halifax County, Virginia. 60 miles, 70 miles west of here. First Bible that had been in that house in three generations was given to that boy that day. First one in three generations. You know why he wanted the second one? He had a sister at home. That little kid that I don't even know, that I don't even know who he really is, brought his mama and his sister to that church in a few months, brought his daddy, a year later, all the family was in that baptismal pool because I gave that kid that little Bible. Now, it wasn't me. See, what you got to understand, I'm the last person on the food chain. Somebody from this church gave a buck 20 that year that printed that Bible. Are you following what I'm saying? Somebody from this church took that dollar 20 and sent it to Kansas, not to Kansas City, to Nashville. Somebody in Nashville paid a printer. The UPS driver, and by the way, they still deliver it to us free. Now, that's so cool. We have to pay for our shipping, but guess what? They give it back to us at the end of the year because that's why your Uncle Sam likes it done. That's pretty cool. Somebody from UPS delivered that to Clarksville. It got in my pickup truck. And then I finally handed it away. See what you got to remember, gentlemen is it took all three things, and ladies. It took provisions to buy that one scripture. It took participation from people like Bill Wells and Joe and others to harvest that money, to give it to Nashville, to get it back to me. It took participation. But only one thing could drive that young man to reach for that Bible that day, and that's the prayer that I've asked you for. I'm going to leave you today with that. No matter what you do today, put us on your prayer list. Thank you all.